Hello and welcome to the Dekai Podcast. Uh, no, I am not your normal host, Mario Bueno. It's me, it, but it was me, Joel. Ha <laughs> 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 Oh no. Yes, uh, this is episode number 49 of the Dekai Podcast. We are coming up on the big number, fi- no wait, this is 48, sorry, this is episode 48. 48. Yeah, yeah, sorry, this is 48, 48, but we're coming up we on the big 5 uh, very exciting stuff, so do be looking forward to that. We have no idea what the heck we're going to do for the 50th episode because we don't plan here on Dekai. Don't, don't worry about it. We just wing it. That's how we do. I'm sure we'll think of something fun and special for episode 50. Don't ask us what it is yet. We're not keeping a secret. We just legitimately don't know yet. Anyways, hi, I'm Joel, and all the way from Frangiville in the municipality of Frangiland, which is next to Frangiburg, Frangie. Oh, wow. Yes, that's me. Hi. Uh, ooh, also, I need to make sure that sound levels are good because I haven't used OBS for this in four or five months. So, yes. See, yeah. We're, we're winging it. But when you get to a certain level of expertise, you can just do that, right? It's really only we're really. Certain on the level of expertise, cool. certain level of laziness, same difference. <laughs> shh, shh. Don't, don't, no, no, no. We're very, we're very fancy here. Yes, of course, of course, of course, Madame Frongi, <laughs> yes, quite fancy. Yes, we don't, we don't need planning, that's for the plebeians. Yes, yes. Well, anyways, Mario is out uh, planning for uh, GalaxyCon things. He's going to be out every so often for the next month or two that uh, he's been fortunate enough to land some really good gigs hosting some panels there. He pulled double duty last week. And was like, uh, not doing that again. So, uh, totally understandable that he is currently just sort of making sure that, you know, his paid gig is where he puts most of his energy. Can't really blame him for that. Meanwhile, Emmy is, as always, doing Emmy things, working on Redacted. So, we are sure she'll be back sometime soon. But, uh, obviously the, the two of them have their good excuses, as always. So today it's just Franji and I, and, uh... We were figuring, you know, we're, we're just going to jam because, you know, the Dekai train stops for no one. So we're going to have a show. We're going to figure out something to talk about. And thank goodness the design of this show is just, you know, we can just talk about anime shit and that's fine. We go off the rails on a crazy train. Yes, yes. We are the crazy train. Yeah, choo-choo, mother... Oh, I can't say that on the air. Can we? I, I think we usually get one per show, but like, I figure let's save it for later. If we're going to use it, we, yeah. we'll, we'll find a better use for it. <laughs> but anyways, Franji, what have you been watching this week? Oh, man. This week, I have <laughs> I have started re-watching Moriarty the Patriot because I just can't... I just can't not. Um, and I've been keeping up with the weeklies. Uh, so Dr. Stone, the latest episode of which really surprised me, but was great. Um, uh, I, so I, my big anime watching days nowadays are the weekend. So I will just watch 10 episodes of anime over two days. Uh, so I am no more than one episode behind on anything, but I have not seen the Dr. Stone that dropped like two, three days ago. But oh I'm caught up with everything uh, up until then. But uh, obviously, we can certainly talk Moriarty because ah, uh, Moriarty. But oh, yes, yeah. I'm I'm oh, very much I'm looking forward to catching up with Doctor Stone and just everything else on this basically just entirely sequel season. I realize I'm only watching I think three new shows because I'm watching um, uh, I'm a spider. Uh, as I try and you know rack my brain for what the heck am I watching this season? Oh, Horimiya. Horimiya has actually been really, really good. That just um, really one of the purest rom-coms, and I use pure in, in both senses of the word, of just, <laughs> it, this is a very focused rom-com, that's what the story is, but it's also just very pure. <laughs> has it been that pure lately? It depends on your definition of pure. I mean, eh, fair. <laughs> fair. Actually, good point now that I think about it. Yeah, mm, good point. <laughs> Not very vanilla pure, but I mean, it's pure in that they communicate with each other yes. and they have a healthy relationship. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah and I, those might good. be. So, so you have been keeping up with that one, then? I have been keeping up with Hori Mia, um, Skate the Infinity, Attack on Titan, Reincarnated as a Slime. Um, I'm behind on Dr. Ramane. 
I'm behind on Jujutsu Kaisen because once they started the tournament arc, I just stopped watching because I was like, I'm going to wait until the tournament arc is done so I can just blow through it, mm. um, which I hear it's over now. So uh, yes, yeah, it has officially wrapped. Um, it was good. I Calling it a tournament arc feels inaccurate, oh, but I, I, I don't want to really spoil anything for you on how or why, but uh, I'll, I'll just say that um, it's sort of a tournament arc in that you have a lot of parallel battles, but it, this is not a bracket or anything like that. I and that, see. uh, so yeah, but still good. Jujutsu Kaisen has been certainly pulling its weight. Um, how has Dr. Ramane been? Because that, that was one that just sort of struck me as, you know, eh, I'm not really into, like, medical stuff, and especially with the world being the way it is right now, I was like, I don't really want to be thinking about medical stuff when I don't need it's, to be. It's not real-life medical stuff at all. Uh, he specializes in mysterious diseases, and it's more like um, strange, like, demons embodying people or or people like the darkness in people's hearts manifesting as your fingertips turn into chili peppers and to get rid of it huh. you have to solve all the problems in your life uh hmm. <laughs> it's 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 supernatural um so and it, it's funny i've only gotten i want to say like three or four episodes in i can't remember it's been a while since i've i've had the chance to catch up on it but um it, it's cute um so far, it hasn't amazed me, but it's definitely fun and different, and not quite anything I've I've seen before. Uh, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna watch something about people that catch a disease where they cry mayonnaise out their eyes, definitely Dr. Ramane. Oh, okay then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see maybe avoiding like uh, cells at work if you don't want to deal with medical stuff because they deal with like real life diseases. But this, yeah, no. Dr. Ramane is very much not that. I still also just, I, I can't, I just every time I hear the name, I just imagine a bottle of soda in a, a white lab coat. I'm starting to wonder if that's not, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked into why it is called that at all. But so far in all the episodes, everybody's strange disease has had something to do with food. So oh, like hmm. like, so and they, and, and the know. the season finale is going to be the doctor's thing, and it's going to have to do with soda somehow. Maybe we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, meanwhile, I've just been you know, uh, Titan. I'm actually completely caught up on that since it airs on Sunday. It fits very nicely with my uh, watching pattern, so I am completely caught up on Titan. And oh my gosh, like just, it, it does feel like we're hitting Code Geass levels of, uh, you know, finale ramp up. There we go, checkbox at Code Geass reference for the week. <laughs> but but really, like that, that's one of the big reasons why I hold Code Geass so highly personally. Of just like, I feel like the last four episodes of Code Geass are four of the best episodes in anime. Just, they're so good. Like, say what you want about the rest of R2 and that it's not as strong as R1, sure. But the last four episodes are just mm, chef's kiss. Oh my gosh, Attack on Titan though is giving me heart attacks every week, and I have finally started worrying about Levi because, without spoilers, just the way things are going, Levi is still Levi, and he has always been Levi. He is a problem solver, and there are lots of problems. And I feel like lately, if you just throw Levi in there, he's going to solve them. Therefore, he probably needs to die. And yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> well, so fun fact: um, just this week, uh, a life-size statue of Levi was what? unveiled in the manga's uh, hometown. What? Yeah, yeah, that just happened the other day, and. Just the fact that it's not Aaron has me like, mm, mm. I'll say it, okay? It's probably not a very big statue. It's probably, I hope it's life-size <laughs> and very short and cheapy. <laughs> well, they, they said it was life-size, but yes, that does mean it's still kind of short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, that definitely makes me incredibly worried. I guess I'll start, you know, writing his eulogy now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or, or if nothing else, at the very least, like, that... As of this point in the anime, uh, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't caught up with the anime or the manga, uh, neither of us have read the manga, correct? 
Right. No, neither of us. All right. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we aren't going to go into like full details, but essentially Aaron is now a morally gray character. Oh, yes, that's putting it lightly. Whereas Levi is a bit more still uh, on the straight and narrow. Uh, he's still a violent dude for sure, but he's still, uh, he's not nearly as morally ambiguous as Aaron is at this point in time. So I can see why they would choose him over Aaron to be the, uh, like, the statue. Like, it, I, I would have thought it'd be... Him or Mikasa, probably, if not Aaron uh, as the protagonist, which just at this point, since he is, you know, sort of questionable, eh, I can understand why they would not choose him. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. I can, I can say, though, that watching all the stuff with Gabby and the follow-up with Sasha play out has been really, really satisfying. Oh, yeah. No, that just, <laughs> uh, obviously, I, I felt like in episode, like, seven or eight, the, the the one involving the railroad tracks, that yes. they really sped things along in that episode in particular. Like, that that was the one episode that I watched and I was like, whoa, whoa, we just, we just covered a lot of ground in a little bit of time and I feel like I might have almost missed something. But mm. apart from that one episode, everything has actually felt very reasonably paced and uh, seeing things come full circle with Gabby... Uh, that that was what I was hoping for. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know what the precise situation was going to be, but, you know, as soon as Gabby wound up at the farm, I was like, okay, there's only one way this ends, yeah. at, at least in a broad sense. But then it's a question of, okay, how do you get to that end? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And, and I like the way they handled it a lot. Yes, it was fantastic. I also... Um, I can't remember if it was this past episode or the one before. It might have all just blurs in my head. But um, there was something that made me go back to see if people were drinking a certain wine yeah. uh, in other episodes. And they were. So Attack on Titan has a very high rewatch value because they don't give you all the information. Yeah, that, that's another thing that Gios does. Like, you know, you go back and you realize, oh, c is actually talking to Marianne all those times. And just, uh, oh, where you get to actually see snippets of the Flea's development cycle going as far back as uh, season one. Like, okay. they, there's just this moment where Nina in her, um, in her dorm room, just there's this weird cut to her on her computer time around, and she's like, oh, I divided it. Uh-huh. And it's just like, wow, we're, we're seeing, like, just the earliest building blocks of this thing that really comes into play later and later and later. And, uh, yeah, Titan has been very good about discreetly laying its foundations from the get-go. And even now, as these final twists and turns are playing out, they're continuously putting in these just sort of innocuous little moments that seem totally natural and are being later revealed to have been significant or foreshadowing in a way that we could not have imagined. But uh, I agree, it's going to be a good rewatch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Though I always keep going back to episode one because the very beginning of episode one has all this wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. And I'm waiting for that to come back in. It's called uh, TU 2000 Years in the Future. And, and, and if you just go back and look at that after everything that we've seen up to oh, now. Oh, man. Because I, I, I haven't rewatched hair. episode one in a while, but now I kind of want oh. to. Just go back and watch the first half of episode one. I think it's it's the beginning scene. Aaron wakes up from a nap in the flowers in his village, and he says some stuff, and there's some flashes to some stuff that he dreamed about that hasn't happened yet, and you're just like, what did I just watch? Um, it's really wibbly-wobbly. Yeah, and, and, and just because I, I have vague memories of that, of just, you know, weird stuff, and it's not entirely uncommon for, you know, uh, a film or an anime to open with uh, foretelling scenes, but uh, it, it's very clear that uh, the ones here are far spanning. Yeah, yeah, and in the case of Titan, I'm like, I don't think that's just a stylistic thing they're doing. I'm pretty sure it means something, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting whenever that crops back up. And Armin keeps saying things about there there, there must be a different path that we could have chosen, and then, and, you know, Zeke is sprouting things about pathways, and I'm just like, what are you... Wait, you wait, oh no, I'm now I'm starting to get uh, Steinsgate tingles of, like, 
paths, right. timelines. Wait, uh. Right. I we're gonna have a rug pulled out from under us. I'm sure. Oh, so. I'm sure. Like it, from from the get go, the the real hook of Attack on Titan has always been its twists. Just the the end of episode five, where you think the protagonist just got killed off, and then the way the protagonist is brought back, and it just every big reveal, it, everything about Titan is about the twists. And mm-hmm. I should hope that they have. Uh, you know, at least two or three more sucker punches left for us. Oh, at minimum. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Man alive. Uh, it's it's going to be, like, when it's all said and done, we definitely need to do a proper Attack on Titan retrospective episode here and just sort oh, of... Oh, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. No, actually, that would be great. Yeah. And so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. If we could talk about Attack on Titan forever, but now we know we'll save that for that episode. Yeah, we'll hopefully have. <laughs> we could um we could get into the topic if you want, or we could keep talking. Yeah, about I'm I'm kind of enjoying the banners because uh, so for those of you listening, we we had sort of a potential topic to talk about, and it was villains. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm sort starting to think, you know, it, it's a good topic. Maybe it's a better one to save for you know when we have more people to talk. So I'm all for just sort of bantering about certain ones that we've been watching this season, because even if I'm up to one episode behind on things, that's not a big problem. Cause like, that's true. Like, okay. I, I can yeah, I can still talk about Slime mostly, uh, Dr. Stone mostly, um, Promise Neverland. Oh, don't even say that name. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because like, I've, <laughs> I've still been enjoying it, but I, I, as a viewer, can definitely tell on that one that... Things have been accelerated. That, that mm-hmm. like I said, I I feel like there was that one episode of Titan where things were accelerated. It does feel like there's a lot of ex- acceleration happening on uh, Promise Neverland in basically every episode, and I'm still enjoying it. But I've basically accepted that this is one that I'm going to have to go back and read the manga because it, it is looking to be wildly different. And it's been a while since we've had uh, this type of divergence. Because it's not quite original FMA levels, but that's because in this case, the it's it's usually the opposite of what we have right now. Usually it's the anime catches up with the manga, so the anime has to go and do its own thing, and then the manga comes out and the manga is just better because it has more time to do its stuff. Or an anime starts and it just doesn't finish. We've done a whole episode on uh, manga lures and just animes that stopped before their actual stories were done. But this is a weird case, which I can't think of another one off the top of my head, where the manga is done, and the anime, while being very successful, for whatever reason, was only renewed for one additional season as opposed to two or more, So, and their solution is not to keep the same pace, and end before the ending, like a lot of other anime in this position would, they have chosen to get to the end by any means necessary. And that includes chopping an arc and expediting everything and anything along the way. And rewriting quite a bit, because we've moved into completely different territory than the manga is in right now. Uh, And I believe there was an interview somewhere, God, now I don't remember where, I think... I wouldn't stake my life on this, but I'm pretty sure the writer was using this opportunity to to do some things very differently on purpose than how things went in the manga. Um, so, you know, maybe kind of like an experimentation thing, like, oh, well, I didn't like X, Y, and Z in the manga, so now that we're, we have to do this anime season differently anyway, let me try something else. Mm. And, and that um, is I interesting in its this. own regard, that it, it's certainly good to know that the mangaka is still... Uh, exercising a lot of creative control on their end that this isn't just the the adaptation studio getting clearance and sort of the the manga being a bit begrudging just like yeah i i know that we need to get this thing done in a season so fine here you go that uh if what you say is true that's really interesting of it them finding it engaging in this sense yeah and i mean 
at least if the original creators have a say in this, then, you know, it won't be like Fruits Basket, where, I don't know, 20 years later, it's like, yeah, you guys never stuck to the manga, so I want to do it again and have my story. Hey, speaking of which, uh, the the first trailer for uh, Fruits Basket, the final, dropped earlier this week. I have not seen the trailer, but I I saw, um, like, a couple screenshots and just sort of articles announcing that the trailer had dropped. Same, same. I saw the post like, hey, this trailer dropped, and I, I didn't watch it yet, but oh, man, I'm yeah. so hyped for that. Yeah. Ah, I need to know what happens to these Zodiac characters. Yes, just because <gasps> obviously we're 20 years behind the ball here, but it, it's going to be interesting if just I feel like there's going to be – I feel like they'll break the curse. I feel like they're going to break the curse. But there's going to be some sort of cost. There has to be pain here. That in the end, I think that everything that we've seen from Fruits Basket indicates that goodness wins out. And I'm pretty confident that it's going to hold to the end. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be painful getting there. So I have a story I almost found out when I wasn't trying to. I went to a secondhand shop the other day to look for something I needed for the house, and I came across, like, in these piles and piles of books, I came across all the original um, manga oh, in wow. English, but for Fruits Basket. And I was like, oh, geez, so here it is. So I was trying to figure out, you know, where the last season, season two, had left off, and I picked up, um, like, volume... 18 or 19 god i can't remember and i i opened it and i realized that it was ahead of where the anime left off and i was like nope nope yeah and just sort of you, you see something and it was like i don't know what's going on we've gone too far <laughs> no, go back go no, back go back no, go back go back yeah <laughs> now the big question so did you buy them cinderella no i didn't well see i didn't want to split up the set because it was just about a whole set except i think the first um three were missing or like one two and four were missing oh well um, I wanted, the, the thing i would have looked up is like one. if they're if they're valuable, especially if they're the older printings. They were, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't have room in my house to collect that much stuff. So I just ended up breaking up the set anyway and snagging the one volume that had the Cinderella performance on the stage because I was mm-hmm. like, that was so great <laughs> when I got to see it animated. So I wanted to read it. And it does seem to stick really, really close to the manga, which is cool. Yeah. You should get Emmy to sign that one since uh, she was the director. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. That's true. She played the crazy director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So for Dr. Stone, um, like I said, I have not seen this week's episode, but yeah, it, it's right. very clear to me that they are ending, like them calling the season the Stone Wars, by all indications, means that they are closing the Sukasa arc. Yes. They probably they probably <laughs> finished it this week, didn't they? Uh, eh, define finished. I mean, for all into yeah, yeah, they pretty much did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, want to spoil anything though. So. Yeah. Just uh, there's plenty of series that I watch and feel like you know I could see the good guys losing. That did they? I I could see this being you know a tragedy. Stone or Doctor Stone is not one that I really have ever felt that there was any chance of uh, of um, Senku losing and you know Tsukasa winning. So inevitably they're going to beat Tsukasa, but then the question is, does the series just end? Because there's two episodes left in this season, uh-huh. but I don't recall how long the manga is and if it's still ongoing. Actually, one second. I'm, I'm just going to Google it and see Dr. Stone. I want to say it's still ongoing, but I haven't been reading it, so you're smart to Google it. Uh, the manga is complete? No, wait, wait sorry. No, no, sorry. No, 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 no that, that was a reboot one. Um, Wikipedia has its thing done weirdly. Uh, yeah, it's currently 19 volumes, and it is still being printed. Uh-huh, yeah. So, that basically suggests that, all right, when we beat Tsukasa, there's going to be another arc. It's not just going to be, okay, now we're rebuilding everything, and there's not going to be some... You, you need a source of tension. 
It can't just be the Senku Science Fair show. They have to get to space somehow. Well, who said they have to get to space? Doesn't Senku want to go to space? That was his whole shtick. And then he got set back by, you know... Well, yeah, so he wanted to go to space. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Now, it could be interesting if if they, because now basically the question is, what caused the the stone wave? Right, and it came from space, didn't it? Didn't it? No, because his father saw it happen from space. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so it it, it couldn't, well, if it came from space, it didn't impact space because they were fine. Right. Man, I guess maybe that's where I would go next after wrapping up. Yeah, to start to really investigate things and see if there's like... Uh, I guess maybe uh, maybe we now get into more just society building of just there could be some dissension in the ranks of okay no one left is on the Sukasa train of you know let's crush all the adult statues and only revive the children but it could be a thing of who gets priority and you know yeah. how are we going to run our society until we're back at 100% because uh, the the miracle fluid at least at this point in time, is not something they can get mass-produced. I'm, I'm going to say this. It is subtle, but if you pay attention, you will get the answer to that question when you see the episode that just came out. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Darn it. There, there's the it's problem of me being even one episode behind, dang it. I know! Okay, and, well, and, to, and to my credit, that episode only came out a day Thursday. ago. Yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday, yeah. Okay, so I don't feel as bad now. Yeah. (laughs) We should just remark the irony of me giving you crap. Yeah, seriously, but good on you, Franji. Yay. Yay. Hey, (laughs) one of my side projects here has been, like, getting you to watch more anime in general, and I feel like it's succeeded, so good. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, This this season and the upcoming season is going to be the death of me because there's so many things on my list to watch. And I've gotten used to keeping up with them weekly. It's torture in some ways, but it's also easier because I don't have to have huge chunks of time. Yeah, that's the thing of just that even it. So I watch I I have 10 series that I'm following the season and that sounds like a lot. But it's a thing of just if I watch it all over the weekend, it's five episodes a day for two days. Or it could be, you know, if I have more time during the week, that's one episode a day. That's 23 minutes a day, sometimes two, which when you look at it that way, really isn't that much. Yeah, that's true. Uh, weekends. You have weekends like a normal human being. I could have weekends, but I don't, my, my wife gets Mondays off. Mm. That's it. And so that's the day I try to take off. So I usually end up working the weekends. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> You know. Yeah. yeah. But how about some Moriarty? Because uh, oh you just. My God. So, so we have our group chat, and uh, there, there was a whole just sort of resurgence of Moriarty this past week, and just uh, Franji getting very, very flustered at all the pretty boys. That's a nice way of saying I simp over the pretty boys. Anyway, um, and the <laughs> wallpaper, right? The wallpaper is gorgeous. Um, so. Actually, that that was why I wanted to talk about villains today, because 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 of the resurgence of me just being obsessed with everything Sherlock Holmes, uh, my my wife said something to me the day before yesterday that just outraged me and made me want to talk about villains, because basically we can bring this up more if we do have a villain episode. But basically what she said to me was, so you got incredibly angry at Light Yagami and you still hate him. It took you forever until, you know, the Zero Requiem to like Lelouch and not just flat out be like, he's wrong. There's no way around it. He's misguided. She said, so why when William James Moriarty comes on the screen, do you sit there and go, oh, I can see the gray area now. Oh, I don't know. It kind of like what he's doing kind of makes sense. Like, is he really a bad guy? She's like, usually you would just shut shut a character like that down and be like, no, they're wrong. Well, I I think Um, the difference that we have so far is that at least... In the beginning, Light Yagami's initial goal of I'm going to punish criminals is one that more or less fits with what this iteration of Moriarty has. The thing with Light Yagami is that as things went on, it also became, all right, anyone who is opposing me is an enemy and therefore a criminal and therefore must die. That Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't even... That uh, of all the methods of self-preservation of just like, okay, I I can like sidestep this and uh, make myself look innocent, but I also 
won't kill anyone who's innocent, that he could have taken that staunch stance of like, I know that what I'm doing is at least morally ambiguous, but I'm, I will not kill someone who isn't a criminal, even if they're trying to catch me. I will simply do my utmost to evade them at all costs. TLDR like got corrupted by his power, right? Yes. Um, and Moriarty here is working with the, I, it's not even I want to kill all rich people. It, it's not I want to kill all the aristocrats. It's I want to kill corrupt aristocrats. I want to kill these people that are making others suffer. So it very much fits with the the light Yagami initial MO and not the late MO of light Yagami. Yeah, I think it has to do with, with the after effects of the decisions that characters like that make. Because Light obviously got corrupted. Lelouch, you see how his decisions affect everybody else and the fallout for characters like Shirley um, and how it's it's just bad um, <laughs> and misguided. But with Moriarty, all we've seen is after he walks away from consulting with people and, you know, tricking them or allowing them, we'll say, to do their crimes, they feel better. And they just go off in their lives and they just live. And we haven't seen any fallout from that at all yet. Yeah. And know? inevitably there will be fallout. But uh, there I is that also so. interesting thing there. Just like that these that these individuals, it's not just Moriarty alone looking for people, diagnosing people as corrupt and uh, saying, I will be passing judgment on you. That he right. is seeing people who he believes are corrupt and then finding people who were impacted by the actions of these corrupt people and saying, I will help you get your revenge as well. And, and basically it's also sort of a confirmation for him of just, yes, this person is in fact as bad as I think they are. So yeah. it, it, it's sort of the, that, that third-party confirmation and the fact that he is, quote-unquote, helping these other people and that these other people, after they have uh, settled the score, go on with their lives, that they don't then all become criminals, uh, that it, that at their core, they are still good people, that it, it's sort of a, um, a murder on the Orient Express type of thing. Right. Yeah, you could say that. So yeah, you're right. Okay, thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I'm still, I still struggle a bit because basically Moriarty is is saying revenge is a good thing, and you know he's yeah, the and and, an and that's thing, definitely still yeah, but eh, at least thus far, the people that he has set his sights on are almost cartoonishly evil. That uh, they, so it is very. While there might be some ambiguity on Moriarty's part. There's absolutely no ambiguity on his victim's part. God, I can't wait for season two. Yeah, it, it, it's really goes. going to become interesting that what happens when he encounters someone who uh, whose, ac whose actions are more ambiguous, what happens when he is confronted of just like, what does he... F so we know that he wants Holmes to become the face of his revolution. Mm -hmm. And the question will be, what happens if eventually Holmes finds out and declines? Or what happens if Mycroft comes along? Like, does Moriarty kill Mycroft and that then uh, makes it so Sherlock no longer wishes to work with Moriarty when he might have before? I don't know. And then there's obviously the, the, the question that we have of the the canonical end to Moriarty, the the Reichenbach fall, which is yes. very plainly alluded to in the oh, opening yes. sequence of just like, you see him falling off a Big Ben. You see him yes. falling off the Tower of London. Um, and just what happens there? That If anything, I could see this being a Lelouch type of a deal of where Moriarty literally figuratively falls on the sword in order to uh, really crystallize his revolution and that, in this sense, Sherlock is zero. It would make perfect sense with everything Moriarty says to Albert in the chapel while he's still living at the orphanage about his plans for the world, you know? Yeah. So, we'll see. 
that he that he takes out the the evil aristocrats, accepts the blame, dies. Uh, you can take or leave the you know uh, bearing of other people's sins, or you know take it or leave it as you see fit. But that he basically figures at some point that he himself has to die in order for his plans to fully come to fruition. I can't see it going any other way, especially with the <laughs> with the Reichenbach fall. Yeah, well, or at the very least yeah, that right. uh, he has to fake his death. That that'll be the real question of just, in the end, is it a true Lelouch, as we now know, having uh, the resurrection being canonized, <sighs> that does he actually die, or is it, all right, he faked his death and, you know, goes off quietly into the night? <sighs> Did you say Lelouch of the Resurrection? Sorry, I don't... The what? That doesn't exist. Not what? Didn't you didn't... I, I thought you thought the <laughs> film was all right. It was cool. It was all right. There were parts of it that were very satisfying to see, mostly <clears throat> Suzaku punching Lelouch a lot uh, for still being alive. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there, were, there were definitely cool things, but honestly, the fact that he was still alive, even though it wasn't... Even though he didn't choose to be, um, it's, it sort of took some of the magic out of Zero Requiem for me. Uh, so, you know, but that's just my bitter fangirl feels <laughs> for, for what it was. The movie was good. Yeah. I'm cause it, they, the series creator had said that he had quote, a decade's worth of material planned. Now there was no specification of, is that a decade's worth of films, which means two or three films or are there more series or are there more OVA things like Akito, the exiled? We don't know. We haven't had anything since, it, uh, that Requiem film, but uh, the way the film ended is very plainly saying that there is a continuation to be had, and uh, basically all of us geos geeks here wait with bated breath, hoping for the best, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be as optimistic as we can. Yeah, I get optimistic. Yeah, I mean, my worst nightmare would be. It comes back as like a full series, which seems exciting, but then it's just let's go collect the shards of the Sheik on Jewel. <laughs> and like not really move the plot you know because all those geos fragments that flew across the world like shooting stars and i don't know are they gonna have to go collect those i i don't know we gotta collect the dragon balls frangi oh god no please no <laughs> um yeah i don't know it'd be cool if we got a new cast of characters uh because i feel like well, the one thing that bugs me about storytelling is when people don't let a story end when it should. And yeah, like what I would want to see is a, is one with new characters, but that the old characters weave in and out, and that there are these cameo appearances and like you know, give Lelouch a, a grandiose entrance moment somewhere near the finale of a. Uh, uh, Trying to think of another good comparison of a series where they've done stuff like that. Um, I guess to a lesser extent, they they did that with the Yu-Gi-Oh series. That um, there've been so so many uh, you know Yu-Gi-Oh iterations, but every so often they will have Yu-Gi himself come back in sort of a cameo role. Um, in a lot of the Marvel films, uh, that uh, they'll have someone appear uh, as a guest star, as it were. So I I do agree that I would like to see something that doesn't involve the entire cast that we had before. That the the only way I'd really enjoy it if we're not getting entirely new characters is give me the I don't buddy comedy is not the correct term here, but give me just the, the traveling tales of Lelouch and C2, where it's sort of like The Mandalorian or just, you know, one of those series where they are traveling around. So if, if we are having to travel around for the Shards of the Jewel, that it's the two of them, that they are the only consistent characters of the series and that every, maybe not every episode, but give us like, you know, three episode arcs or something where kind of like Kino's Journey, where they're going to a new place they're solving a new problem. They're getting another shard. They're moving along, and that that, could be interesting. that it because there's certainly enough to work with in Lelouch and C two, and, and especially given 
how little we still actually have of C2. That it, there's so much that we could do, plus, goodness knows, the way that the two were written to banter off each other feels like just almost a buddy cop type of thing. <laughs> yep. So yep. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I don't want it to be Lelouch, C2, Colin, Suzaku, and like the entire original cast just continuing no, I don't think it would be that. I mean, going back to Inuyasha, honestly, I would expect it to be more like Yashahime. Uh, the original characters pop in and out, and there's lots of references to them, but you're following different yeah. main characters. Yeah, that, that is a much better analogy than I had. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. How has Yashahime been, as someone who never watched the original is not watching Yashahime, that uh, have you as a, a you know, just a, you're a huge fan of the original... Have you found Yashihime satisfying? I no, I I quit watching oh, it about oh no. halfway through the season. Um, I just I found the storytelling like a ball of tangled thread. Um, I I don't feel like the writing could get itself up on its feet. Um, I got very frustrated because you know the acting is phenomenal, the character designs are so cool, the overall concept would have been cool if the story could figure out what its main plot points were and where the characters were supposed to be going, which character we were supposed to be most invested in. Are we going to chase this dream butterfly or are we going to collect money to pay for our debts? Or are we going, you know, um, are we going to figure out what's going on? Why Sashomaru's daughters are so important and why we have to, I don't know, fight Sashomaru or whatever it was. Um, it was just very hectic. And I felt like every episode lost lost me in well what am I supposed to be invested in right now and what are the characters doing what do they want what's our main motivation here for for moving this plot um but it, it also wasn't like neatly episodic where each episode was contained because they would keep throwing out bits of like like things to lure you on like this is the the big thing that we're supposed to be paying attention to this season but then just kidding we're gonna forget that now and go do this other thing and it, it just felt like um, That's unfortunate. <laughs> it was unfortunate. Um, so I, I stopped it, and I'm waiting to see what people say after the season ends. Um, but I, I actually know a handful of people that have trailed off like, okay, I've lost my patience with this. Um, and I do think it's sad because I did really like Setsuna, and I did like, um, what's her face, the, the actual main character with the white hair. Um, but yeah, so I, I, that's all I've really got on that because I, I gave up. <laughs> I gave up. Sad face. Yeah. Slime, on the other hand, has been thoroughly enjoyable, still. Oh. My. God. Slime. <sighs> I, I, that was a show that I started watching just thinking I needed something lighthearted and, and not that important so that I wouldn't get that invested. Uh, something that I could blow through very easily. And to be fair, and it started that it way. That. It started that way, but it's, it's not that anymore. I'm very invested, um, especially in the events lately, and I'm so excited that after this season ends, then we get the Slime Diaries, which from what I understand is going to be kind of like the Full Metal Panic Fumofu of uh, the Full Metal Panic series. Just the funny, light, fluffy stuff. And then after that ends, we go right back to a new season of actual reincarnated as a slime. So we're Ooh, I didn't. I, I actually missed the memo about Slime Diaries, but now I'm even more excited. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Uh, but oh boy, I can't wait to see <laughs> how Rimuru is going to reconcile everything that's gone on in his poor, poor village lately. Um, that outfit that he has in the opening theme song, the black one. Yeah. Uh -huh, I cannot wait to see him earn that. Oh gosh, it's like that. Gosh, that's so stylish. I want a jacket like that. It's like, a great jacket. Ugh. <laughs> I'm, I am not a terribly stylish person. The, the the pinnacle of style for me is unfortunately something that has become a bit of a meme in that it, like, uh, I, I think I'm actually able to pull off the uh, suit blazer, t-shirt, jeans look actually pretty well. Nice. That's about it, though. Uh, like you know, if if you if, if you put me in, in like a three piece suit and you know like actual formal wear, you know I I will look good in formal wear. But anyone's gonna look good in formal wear. Um, <laughs> I am not really good when it comes to fashion. I'm not totally inept. Like I know basics of clashing colors and whatnot. But 
my general wardrobe is very safe. It's jeans and a graphic t-shirt of either anime video games or a convention. And when I'm not doing something formal that requires me to wear like a collared shirt or a tie or a suit, that's my go-to. I'm I'm not very creative with what I wear, but I've always I've always loved big coats. Like uh, I I have a nice top coat that uh, I wear when it's winter and I'm like wearing something nicer. Um, and I I've always been sort of sad because a lot of my favorite anime character designs are ones that have just like these big flowing coats. Like the I think we discussed it a couple weeks ago. The the Seto Kaiba big white flowing coat oh, that yeah. defies gravity and oh, yeah. you know ha- has that angle that really shouldn't exist i've always thought it's so cool and i feel like you know modern society underappreciates a good coat a good long coat who doesn't want a good trench coat seriously especially Rimuru's. but okay so he's got you know the black fur collar around it too and like all this you, you're going to do that you get that's going to be awesome stylish <laughs> interesting to see yeah. if when conventions come back if you know cosplay booths and vendors uh have those in their you know normal repertoire because you you have all those generic um my hero ones or sailor fukus and whatnot of just does that get to the degree and also uh, depending on what it is and how it is done that can sometimes actually be copyright infringement. I actually have in the past uh, had to shut down booths or like direct security to shut down booths because they were using like, you know, copyrighted logos and emblems. Because it's one thing like if you if if somebody is selling a a generic school uniform with a red tie and a gray jacket and uh, the black pants that you have for UA. If there's no logos on it, but all the color schemes and whatnot and the cut is about the same, that's blatant, but it's technically legal. But if wow. they if but if they're putting on like the the unauthorized patches in whatnot, uh like if, if you use an official patch, I think it's okay. I I would need to get this double checked, so don't quote me exactly, but if memory serves if they are reproducing copywritten imagery, so logos or, you know, in, insignias, emblems, things of that sort, that then it goes into copyright infringement. Wow, I'd be curious about my... Because normally I make my cosplays. I've always made yeah, Well, so it, if, if you're making anything yourself, it's totally fine. It, it's right, a matter right, of, no, you know, so when these mass say... producers try and sell them. Right, but I was going to say, I bought one for the first time recently, and it was a Karasuno uniform from Haikyuu, and it has the little footprint logo on it, the emblem <clears throat> from the, that school, and so I'm like, that's interesting now, is, but the website that I got it from sells all sorts of stuff like that, and I'm like, is that, is that copyright infringement? No, well, because like, there's better. a lot of, there's potentially different things, because if... If they sell official patches of that logo and they bought the patch and they ironed it on to the, the outfit, wow. then wow. I believe that would technically be fine because that's just resale in that case. Uh, uh-huh. um, but then there's also the question of, is that particular logo, what was it registered with a copyright? Yeah. Who knows? Not me. I just wanted to. I, I, we we, Shima, we need so. to do another one of our bootlegging shows because we did that way way back when. But just uh, I I have a friend who has has sort of become one of the industry's go to people when it comes to infringement litigation and whatnot. That she she's not the lawyer, but she's one of the people who is, has really pioneered um, standards in conventions, and she travels around a lot. Uh, she also is an agent for a lot of voice actors. So while she's not tending to her talent, uh, she will go around the the um, the dealer's hall and basically scout out things. And then will uh, depending. Sometimes she goes around because she knows um, one of one of the lawyers from Funimation, for instance. So uh, at Acon, uh, 
couple years back, uh, she was in town and she was like, she flagged me uh, and one of the other Akon staffers and it was like, so this booth is selling bootlegs. Um, the lawyer for Funimation is going to be serving them a cease and desist and oh we would like you to shut them down. And oh be, because obviously the, the lawyer does not need the convention's permission to serve a cease and desist. Um, but it does have to be the convention itself that says, pack up your stuff and get out of our hall. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could have an episode like that, just at least informing people. So if they still go make decisions that support unofficial releases and things, they at least do it educated, knowing what the consequences might be, <laughs> right? Yeah, but but and also just sort of to be an informed consumer, because it, it is not inherently easy to know at a glance what is legitimate and what is bootleg. That's part of why we had the uh, the bootlegging episodes we had a while back. And uh, since that was near the the start of our run here, I think it's definitely been long enough that it it's a topic worth rediscussing and discussing with a guest who is uh, even more knowledgeable than myself on that type of thing. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. We gotta add that to the list, along with what villains and then what an Attack on Titan episode. Oh yeah, no, that I I still have a Google Sheets document that has a bunch of ideas that uh, are go to. So uh, even though we're you know edging closer and closer towards fifty episodes, we're gonna have plenty of stuff to talk about, and that's even before you have just you know the seasonal ones because there will be we're going to be able to do a season wrap-up episode and then there's going to be a season preview episode and then initial reaction for the season episode and you get those three episodes basically for free every three months so and that's almost a month every three months it's already just covered that we don't even need to think of topics and that's why i like it because it, like i said earlier we don't really do a ton of planning here but that's okay <laughs> sometimes we do and either way it turns out all right i think yeah. I mean, heck, we've already uh, uh, burned away 53 minutes worth of time, and we didn't have to talk about uh, uh, villains at all. We didn't. You haven't watched Log Horizon yet, have you? No, I haven't. Uh, watch Log Horizon. <laughs> it's so good. I know, I know. That and a uh, great pretender, or you're going to kill me. Yeah, I like, at, at this point, I'm, I kind of feel like I want to get you to watch Log Horizon more because I think it's more to your taste. Really? Probably, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I still want you to go back and do Great Pretender, but the more I think about it, the more I think that um, uh, Log Horizon is going to be an easier slam dunk for you. Oh, that's cool. Well, if it has, you know, characters that play in moral gray area and also some cool, like, shonen fights, I'll probably like it. There's plenty of good shonen fights. Uh, not quite moral gray area the the main characters are pretty obviously good but you have the smart protagonist who is thinking two and a half steps ahead of everyone else and oh, uh that that's one of the big things that i like so <laughs> cool yeah. well noted it's here uh and you aren't watching re-zero no they're still I doing their 29 minute that. episodes it's kind of nuts Still? Yeah. Wow. Um, I think they've used the opening sequence a total of once and the closing sequence twice this season. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Quintessential Quintuplets is a very fun romantic comedy if Horimiya is to your taste. It is not as... It's not quite as thoughtful as Horimiya. It, it, it is not that... Horimiya is so very human... Quintessential Quintuplets is still a bit anime and stylized, but um, it's still a lot of fun, and the characters are very good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, is interesting. Someone was explaining to me the other day, because I was talking about it with a friend, and I said something about how sometimes the episodes really seem to meander, and I can't figure out if they have a flow or you know. Yeah, what's going on like so, some, sometimes said, the episodes just fly by, and then there's some of them. There, there have been a couple where it feels like it's just dragging. 
Right. Well, I found out why that was um, because I haven't read the manga, and my friend said that the manga was set up in this um, four-panel style. I think he said. Oh, it's it's a, it's a four-panel. I didn't thing. know that. It's like little bites of moments between them, or something to mm. that effect. And I said, "Oh, that makes sense then." Um, so it's interesting the things you learn talking to nerds. But yeah, so then it was easier for me to be like, oh, well, all right. No wonder the episodes feel kind of wonky because they're basing it off a manga that just tells things in little like flash fiction sized bite sized chunks of moments. Hmm. And then they're just cramming them all together. So, okay. Hmm. Yeah, but it's been very good. I didn't actually know that it was a four panel. That's interesting. Again, this is what somebody else told me, so please don't stake my life on on this information. <laughs> and I'm not near. I don't have my um my iPad with me today. To well, I will look right it up. Now. Ha ha. Yeah, Professor Joel will look it up. Um, yes, I I, I, I uh, more Hori Mia tomorrow because that's on Saturday. And oh my God, more Skate the Infinity for me, which got surprisingly serious and full of tension. And oh my God, it's just. I need to know what's going to happen. I need to see this villain get his just desserts. Mm. Should be fun. I might go back and watch that one. Maybe I'll do that um, after the season has ended, That uh, just in the week or two between seasons, that I'll maybe watch that and uh, help uh, tide over between the seasons. So that looking the at the Wikipedia page, with. it says that it was a shonen web manga series. Um... I'm not seeing anything about it being a four-panel. Oh, no, uh, wait a minute. No, wait, I found it. I found it. Card. Yeah. No, it, it was self-published um, from 2007 to December 2011 in a four-panel format. Okay, my friend gets uh, to keep his nerd cred. Okay. Yes. Uh, the series received a print publication by Square Enix, which compiled chapters into ten volumes under the imprinted Dangan Comics from 2008 to 11. Additional side stories... Okay, yeah, so, so it was a four comma. Hmm. There we go. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Skate the Infinity would be the perfect one to just kind of marathon and watch all at once because um, it's very easy to digest, and a lot of the episodes end in places where you don't want to wait a week mm. <laughs> to watch more. Uh, so, yeah. It's, and it's refreshing to have an anime original after all the things that I've been watching lately that are just... Um, iterations of the manga it's fun to have something where i don't have to worry about spoilers on the internet yay yeah well hey we made it an hour we did we talked about all kinds of things and actually just did it for an hour see we don't need yeah. to plan we just need to talk yes we just need to be nerds yeah. <laughs> well this was wonderful as always and thank you to everyone who tuned in uh oh Femi in the chat, sorry, I totally missed uh, some of your messages. Uh, waiting for the season to end before I start this season. Also waiting for ReZero to end. ReZero has just been really good. It's just been strong across the board. Uh, so yeah, can't go wrong there. Uh, but yes, thank you all for tuning in. As always, uh, Digital Era Entertainment has wonderful nerdy content here on Twitch, uh, I believe, six nights a week. Uh, after this, in about an hour, no, half an hour, we're going to have our uh, Friday happy hour. And there is no uh, radio drama this Saturday, but then next Saturday and the weekend after that, there will be back-to-back -back radio dramas. Next Saturday, the 20th, will be uh, The Melancholy of Haruhi, Haruhi Suzumiya, The Endless Eight, which is going to be done as a celebration of the 11th anniversary of Dojinopolis's finale. And then the weekend after that, March 27th, will be Ghostbusters. I need to get on that script. <laughs> Sorry, Franji. Uh, Why are you apologizing to me? <laughs> well, because you and the others are still waiting on me to get the script to you all. That's probably what I'm going to spend a lot of the weekend it's on. Because like I, I, I had to do, because I, I doubled up on scripts, and obviously I had to do the Haruhi one first. Uh, and I finished that on, like, Monday or Tuesday and it's, it's been busy okay. this week, so I need to finish it. I, I need to actually get around to Ghostbusters, but shouldn't be too bad. At least it's not, you know, the same thing eight times over and over, but I still have to watch it all to make sure I get the nuance of difference for every episode. Oh, my 
my gosh. You'll be fine. And and you forget. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else. But as a pro voice actor, I usually don't see my scripts until the day I'm performing. So it really doesn't matter. I'm not going to read yeah. it. I'm <laughs> anyway. Well, no, it's more of I, I need to get the, the surveys out so we can, like, do the roles and whatnot. That's true. The cat, Yeah, we actually have to cast it. Oh, yes. oh silly me. Okay, yeah. well, you know. But, yes, that's going to be all for us today. Uh, Franji, do you have anything that you would like to plug this week? Not this week, no, but... Oh, well, okay, I do have a new um, animation demo out. It's Ooh. on Oh, yes, you my, do. Yeah, it's in my pinned tweet on my Twitter, at um, Franji Voice, um, and I just think it's cool. Uh, some things fell through during the COVID times uh, when I was trying to get my animation done. I went through two other studios and still have nothing to show for it, so finally just decided to take it into my own hands, do my own script writing, do my own directing, and then um, send it to a really awesome guy I know to do the sound design and the editing, and I think it came out cool, so yeah, if you want to check that out, you can. For sure. So yeah, um, check that out at Frangie Voice on Twitter. Uh, don't bother checking my Twitter because I haven't used Twitter in like two years. Ha ha. To be fair, I don't really touch Twitter that often either. On that account anyway. Ha ha. Uh, and then we should do the thing Mario always says. What does he always say? Um, at the end he goes, stay Stay, stay happy. Healthy, stay, stay, healthy happy, stay healthy. Stay informed. Stay informed. And we'll see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. See you next time, everyone. <laughs>